0: How are you now? Paul? how am I now? Well, I'm a little bit under the weather, so if you guys hear my voice cracking or anything in this particular episode, don't be too surprised. Hello and welcome to episode... uh, Episode 8 of the Bottom 6 Minutes Podcast presented by House Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am here to talk to you about the Montreal Canadiens and their first meeting of this season with the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets, of course, who employ Mark Shifley, who is a noted piece of shit and who got mercilessly booed by the Bell Centre faithful. If you are listening to this podcast and you were in that building and you were one of the people who was booing Mark Shifley, picture me right now picture my face my hand is going up to the top of my head I am saluting you you did a wonderful job you guys did not give him one moment of peace in that game and he doesn't deserve it of course everybody remembers that bullshit hit that he landed on Jake Evans in the playoffs back in that run that we had in 2021 he deserves to be booed we should never forget that he should be booed every time that he visits the Bell Center you guys did great I salute you excellent work now, before we get into the recap, the last of the major pro sports leagues kick off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, college football, and NHL also in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to the Bet Online website today to get in on the action or use your mobile device. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts and this game between the montreal canadians and the winnipeg jets did not start very well uh, the habs got <clears throat> pretty thoroughly outshot in the first period and um it was looking like it, it might turn into a bit of a rough one uh the jets just came out swinging and they did not stop adam lowry got hooked on a break by alex Newhook in the first period it was very debatable but it was called as a penalty shot he walks in to a chorus of boos because the fans also agreed that the penalty shot was debatable. As a matter of fact, I think they probably agreed with me that it shouldn't have been a penalty shot in the first place. And, um, well, he goes low forehand, low uh, blocker side on the forehand, I believe, and uh, he puts it in. It's one nothing for the Jets. But later on in that period, Justin Barron jumps into the rush. He gets fed by Raphael Harvey-Pinard as they're crossing the blue line. He walks in and just squeaks it through Laurent Brassois uh, chicken winged him a little bit and made it 1-1. The Habs are back in this thing. And that's it for the first period in terms of scoring. But don't let the score fool you. This was a rough period for the Habs. Shot attempts at 5-on-5 five five were 26-6 in favor of the Jets. Total shots in all situations were 18-6 to six in favor of the Jets. This is not going well for Montreal. What we need to see from them is them come out in the second period the way that they did in their last game, right? Come out hard, fast, and turn this into a nice run and gun game. Do exactly what you did in your previous game. And they very do not do that. Um super early in the second period. Turn over behind their own net, gets out front to Adam Lowry. He's got his second of the game. Jake Allen didn't even know where the puck was. And then seconds later seconds later we're not even 30 seconds into the period another giveaway behind the net this time it's Yurais a little bit too nonchalant with the puck just kind of tries to tap it behind his own net it gets turned over and then it's out front this time to Nino Niederreiter and he gets a backhand over Jake Allen's glove and makes it three to one we're not even a minute we're not even 30 seconds into the second period and we're down 3-1 and at this point I'm like all right this is not going to be like last game. This is going to get ugly. But to my absolute surprise, the Montreal Canadiens started getting much, much better throughout the course of that period. Um Jake Allen's having to make some saves for them. Um horrendous start to the period, but they really they turned it around. They get a power play about 7 minutes into the period and it feels like they really need to get something on this power play. Otherwise, they might as well kiss this game goodbye. And they do. Beautiful puck movement in the offensive zone with the first unit finally getting themselves set up down there. Nick Suzuki is in the right face off circle with the puck. He throws it out to Sean Monaghan alone out front of the net. He goes to the backhand for an easy one over Laurent Brassois, and that makes it 3 to 2. The Habs have some life. A much better period from them there. Um, really uh, taking it to the Jets a little bit, playing some of that run and gun hockey. They're giving up some chances, sure, but it was a much more even period than the first. I'll give them that at the very least. Of course, at the very end of the period, uh, Justin Barron takes a puck over the glass penalty with uh, seven seconds left on the clock. That's it. So they're going to have a tough start to the third uh, because they're going to have to kill off the remainder of that penalty. And not only do they kill it, but Rafael Harvey Pinar nearly scores. He goes in, uh, he's carrying the puck up on the left-hand side of the ice. He walks in, takes a shot, bangs it off the post. And uh, I'm like, man, that was a really good kill. This team has had trouble on the penalty kill this season. And they looked fantastic. And then right after the penalty expired, So it doesn't count shorthanded, but it might as well count shorthanded. Caden Gooley with a beautiful carry into the offensive zone. He gets it over to Yoel Armia, who's the forgotten man with the Montreal Canadiens this season. And he shoots, gets it through the and ties this game at three apiece. Imagine that. The Montreal Canadiens with a brutal first period, a brutal start to the second period. And somehow, somehow, in the third period, we end up with a tie game. Although... It's not over yet. We still got a lot of work to do here, right? Arbor Jackeye takes a high sticking penalty with a minute and 42 seconds left to play in the period. Um, They managed to kill all that off, but they're going to have about 18 seconds to deal with at the start of an overtime period. That's right. We are going to three-on-three overtime, folks. Less than they had to deal with in their last game, Remember? Last time that they went to overtime, they had a little bit more time on the clock in terms of penalty, uh, but they do get it done. They kill off the 18 seconds, plus Arbor jackie gets a shot on goal after he comes out of the box and forces an offensive zone draw. We're thinking at this point, well, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki got to jump over the boards and maybe they're going to make something happen right away. Uh, they certainly tried, but um, the Jets did a really good job actually keeping the puck away from them. Um, specifically, Adam Lowry did a really good job keeping the puck away from them. Um, late in the overtime frame, Cole Caulfield got a golden chance. Beautiful feed from Nick Suzuki. He was over in his spot and he just barely put it over the bar. We were that close to another Cole Caulfield overtime heroic but unfortunately it was not meant to be and we go to a shootout. Now in the shootout, Nick Suzuki's up first. Beautiful dangle. Finishes on the backhand and the Habs are up. Mark Scheifele goes next. Again, to a chorus of very well-deserved booze, you piece of shit. And he just kind of stops skating and takes a shot. And Jake Allen stops it. Cole Caulfield's up next. What does he do? Well, you, per- you got a pretty good idea what he's going to do. Is going to be shoot. And he does. And he gets stopped by the glove of La Sweat, And then we're up to Kyle Connor now. He rips it wide. Sean Monaghan. Now the third shooter for the Montreal Canadiens has a chance to win it. He squeaks it through, Laurent Brassois, but he hits the post after it squeaks through. Now Jake Allen has the opportunity to win the game for his team. It's Nikolai Ehlers that's up. He tries to go blocker side, and Jake Allen stares him down, puts the blocker on the shot. Little selly. The Montreal Canadiens improve to 5-2-1 and one on the season. Look, I want to be honest, All right. I didn't. I really hated that first period. Um, I hated it with a passion, passion of a thousand burning suns. Um, and I really hated the start to the second period as well. So there's a part of me that wants to lament this victory and be like, "Well, they didn't deserve it." Realistically, you should get punished for playing that poorly in the first period at the beginning of the second period as well, right? But there's another part of me that thinks that, you know, their ability, their resiliency, um, you know, their uh, the, the the get up and go that they have when they're down in a game, um, it's commendable and I like it. I think that's maybe worth more than them starting the game well. Of course, you want to see, you know, that uh old adage of the full 60 minutes, right? Everybody wants to see a full 60 minutes. But it's not always going to be possible. So what's important for me is seeing that the team is capable of making adjustments and improving throughout the course of a game. Uh, they did that against the Jets. They did that in the previous game as well, um, which I talked about in the last episode. And I'm really enjoying the fact that they they never feel like they're out of a game. It doesn't matter how poorly they've played or how, how much they're down. They feel like they can get back into it and they fight to get back into it. And um, that's what good teams do. And you know this might not be a good team yet. Uh, But they're on their way to it, and I really like the attitude that they're bringing in these games, especially when they fall down by two goals like that. Uh, They never feel like they're out of it, and they just keep working at it. So... Um, it was. An, it ended up being an enjoyable game. It was another one of those ones very similar to the last one where, um, you know, part of me almost wanted to turn it off after 20. Um, and certainly after the first minute of the second period, really wanted to turn it off. And then again, very glad I didn't. This is a lesson to all you kids out there. I don't want to turn into Don Sherry or anything. But if there are any youngsters out there listening to this, don't turn off games of your favorite sports team in anger, right? you might miss some amazing things. I remember when uh, Canada went down, what was it, 5-1 to Russia in the World Juniors, uh, where they ended up coming back and, and winning that game. I almost turned that one off. I was like 19 years old, I think, when that happened. And... Um, I was living in Toronto at the time, and I came very close to turning that game off. I sat there, and I just forced myself to to watch it. And then, you know, 5-2, 5-3, 5-4, 5-5, Jordan Eberle played amazing in that game. I would have missed one of the more amazing games of hockey I've ever watched if I had, you know, just rage quit and turned off the game. So never turn off the game, guys. Never turn it off. Just watch it through to the end. You never know what might happen. Player of the game. Um... I think you got a few options that you could go with here, but I think it's hard not to give that one to Caden Gouley. He obviously was injured. There was a lot of rumors uh, getting spread around on Twitter, about whether or not he had a broken wrist or whatever, it uh, turned out not to be true. And then they said he was day to day and he missed a few games. And I was wondering going into this, what's he going to look like coming back, right? We haven't seen him in a little bit, Um And he was absolutely magnificent patrolling that blue line. He he played over 25 minutes, uh, so he was the most used player overall on the team. Nobody played more than him. Now, Mike Matheson did uh, leave the game late and didn't return. I don't know what his status is, so he may have... Potentially been the more used player if if he was available, but he wasn't. And Caden Gooley was the most used player for the Montreal Canadiens. I think that was an example of Martin St-Louis and the rest of the coaching staff recognizing that he was having the best game of anybody on the ice. And they were like, well, we need to go to this guy as much as humanly possible because he's the one that's going to give us a chance of maybe turning this thing around and getting a win here. And it's precisely what he did. Precisely what he did. He was magnificent in that game. Two assists and you could very easily say that the comeback doesn't happen without him um that essentially shorthanded goal in the second period wait was that in the second period was that in the third period that was in the third period wasn't it what am i talking about (laughs) it's in the third period um it was uh it was basically a shorthanded goal and again the penalty kill has been rough for them, um, but the, the way he took that puck up ice, uh, and he almost looked like he was going to lose it after he got into the OZ. I'm not even sure. I had to go back and look at it a few times to figure out, like, how did he corral that puck when it looked like he was about to lose it and get it over to Yoel Um He just, you know, stuck with it. He was hard on his stick, um, wasn't holding it, like, you know, in one hand, and he was, you know... He, it was one of the best games I've seen him play. So um, he's back with a vengeance. The Montreal Canadiens should be very excited to have him back. Uh, Montreal Canadiens fans should be very excited to have him back. We need to see the young players take steps forward this season. And um, Caden Gooley... Certainly in the early goings of this year, it looked like he was ready to do that. And then, of course, he gets hurt. Everybody's freaking out. And that's why the rumors were able to circulate as fast as they were because everybody's expecting the worst in Habs land right now. And uh, now he comes back from that injury looking as good as he did. Ooh, I am very excited for the next game. The game after that, I want to see more Caden Gooley. I really uh, I believe very firmly in this kid. I watched a lot of him in junior uh, coming up since he got drafted. Um, the trade that took him from uh, Prince Albert over to Edmonton, I think was an important one for his career. It allowed him to develop a little bit of that offense, right? When he was early in his junior career, you didn't see him going up for skates, up ice like that, like he did in this game. Um, and you're seeing him start to do it more and more now in the pros. It's the same, it's the same script, it's the exact same script the offense is a little bit slower to come on for him and once it does uh you know we could be looking at a real legitimate number one defenseman here uh, capable of shutting down at one end and also contributing you know maybe 40 50 even more than 50 points perhaps dare i say Uh, at the other end so Caden Gooley player of the game loved that game from him Um, however I can't just talk about Caden Gooley we got to talk about a few other performances that were really good Jake Allen you can't forget that one Uh, Jake Allen absolutely gave them an opportunity to win this game that first period was atrocious Uh, I already talked about it 26 shot attempts to six at even strength 18 overall shots to six um, at all situations Uh, (laughs) if that period if you play that period exactly the way that you did ten times you could probably take at least half of the attempts and say those are going to be throwaway games where you're going to get you're going to get the score run up you're going to get run out of your own building and um, Jake Allen was the reason that didn't happen, he was very good in the first period he was very good in the second and third as well again the Habs starting to get into that running gun style they give up a lot of chances when they do that they start creating more chances for themselves and they look better overall um, but it it does lend itself to having some chances against you, and Jake Allen made some really nice saves to um, equal to the task. Every time that the, the the Jets would throw something at the Habs, he was there, um, and uh, you you gotta you gotta throw him his flowers for that one. Um, he deserves it. There's a couple really good games for him in a row, so um, good news, absolutely good news. And then Yoel Armia, um, he was fantastic in that game. I was. Really, really pleasantly surprised. Um, I was expecting him to be the reason they lost. You know, his former team um, coming up uh, from a stint in the AHL. And he's a guy that I was clamoring for them to send to the AHL in the first place. And uh, he comes up and he plays fantastic. So I got no complaints about Y'all in that game. I actually wondered, did he perhaps, if there was any teams that were interested in trading for him, did he happen to save, salvage some of his trade value? Um, that was a really good game. Scored a key goal for the team. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I still think that's going to be the hardest contract ever to move. But I also thought that the Mike Hoffman contract was unmovable. And Kent Hughes managed to get that rid of that one without even having to retain salary. So if you think it's impossible for Kent Hughes to also get rid of Yoel Armia's contract, you think again. Just wait and see what that guy does because he seems like he's a wizard at getting rid of bad contracts that were signed by Mac Bergevin. So I'm willing to let this ride and see what happens. Uh, I'm also I'm not against seeing another Yoel Armia game. If he's going to play like that, um, you know, it's it's at least enjoyable to watch. I don't really give a shit about wins and losses. If they lose a game but he plays good, you know, I could still, <laughs> at least in my mind, I could spin that as, hey, he may have helped his trade value a little bit. I don't know. It was a good game from him. Um, and again, if they are trying to build trade value, that's, you know, that's a good start at the very least. Uh, I also know that Arbor jackie took a bad penalty at the end of the third there. Um, not one that you want to see him take, but I don't give a shit. I liked his game. Um, he was very physical. He was pushing guys around in front of the net he was getting into the corners. He was getting nasty. Uh, didn't have to fight anybody, but he was clearly, uh, imposing himself physically out there. And I thought that was an important piece uh, of the game there. Uh, for the team, I, I really think that without that element, they they might have been in even bigger trouble um, in that game. I think he he had the Jets thinking twice about going to the front of the net, um, and you know they they did get their chances in the slot to be sure. But uh, I felt like they just looked a little bit discombobulated when he was out there because they knew it was like they were going to pay a certain price to get anywhere around the mouth of the net, and uh, I felt like that was important for the team. So um, I, I would like to single him out as, as somebody that I enjoyed in that game. And then um, Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield, man, it was another one of those games where he just couldn't find the net, but uh, he could have easily. Uh, and I, I don't say this just for the sake of saying it. I think he could have easily had two or three. Um, he just, the opportunities are there. That's the thing right now with Cole Caulfield. The opportunities are absolutely there. The puck's just not rolling for him. And, um, you know, maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's a luck thing. It's it's hard to really say. Um, but the opportunities are there. And I think if he keeps playing exactly the way that he is and getting those opportunities, sooner than later, they're going to start going in. And when they start, they might start in, in bunches. He's over a point per game still this season, um, even without a point in that game. So... Um, it's not like he's having a bad year. He's just a little bit snake bitten in terms of converting on his chances. And I really think that's going to turn around soon. So, uh, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Uh, if you're a Habs fan that's going, wow, I wish he had more goals right now. Yeah. He's there. They're coming. They're going to come and they're going to come quick. He had four shots on goal and four high danger scoring chances at five on five alone, just at five on five. So, um, yeah, don't, don't be worried about him. If you, if you happen to be, um, Outside of that, I don't have a whole lot to say. Uh, I I think that was, you know, a good team effort. I hate saying the fucking term "team effort" because it sounds so cliche, but it it really was. You know, they had a, a terrible first, terrible start to the second, and they somehow managed to come together and figure out a way to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Um, you got to commend the the metal of this team, the the, the battle that exists within this team. Um, they're not giving up easy on any games this season. And, um, you know, 5-2-1. and one, That's a pretty darn good record. Um, it puts them, if the season ended today, does it put them in a playoff spot? I think it does. And I don't think that they're going to be in a playoff spot when the season actually ends. But I think they're going to be a lot closer than most of us um, are hoping. I think a lot of Habs fans are still on Team Tank, uh, which dates back to last year. You know, we're trying to... Uh, trying to join the slacking for Macklin train. And um, we're, we're not going to be in Macklin Celebrini territory. I hate to tell people that. I just really don't think, like, you look, if you've ever watched, if you have not watched the Sharks play yet this year, please watch a Sharks game. And then tell me how you think these Montreal Canadiens are going to be anywhere near as bad as that team. Um, top five, I think, is even going to be tough. So the one thing that I want to leave you guys on here is if the Habs are in the 10 to 15 range in the draft, it's not such a bad thing. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, Go look at anybody's rankings right now, and you're going to see a lot of interesting defensemen sneaking their way into the top 20 of the ranking. Some of these guys are going to go in the top 10, and maybe they shouldn't. And if some of those guys go in the top 10, and maybe they shouldn't, they're going to push some forwards down into the teens that probably shouldn't be there. Dare I say another Cole Caulfield opportunity for the Montreal Canadiens if they're drafting at 13 or 14 uh, and there's a forward that happens to be overlooked maybe he's undersized I don't know you guys will hear from me about this later on in the season when we get closer to the end and we have a good idea of where the Habs might be drafted I'll tell you some of the forwards that I would be targeting um, I know the, the Habs have to target a forward for sure in this next draft um, all I'm trying to say here is listen guys if they're not in the bottom five and they don't you know, get in line for a top five pick. It's not the end of the world. This is a draft that could have some really interesting forwards in the early teens um, that have no business being there, a la Cole Caulfield. Um, what are we running today? Well, we're running uh, 21 and a half minutes. So I went a little bit overboard, even despite the fact that I'm sick. So it's soiree énorme pour les employés de soutien. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. It's at... Drake MT. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you as always for listening, and of course, adapashem.